Welcome to the Self-Storage Playbook Podcast. In this show, we're going to take you behind the scenes with fellow self-storage investors from around the country and look inside their operations to talk about their victories, lessons learned, and the current strategies they're using in today's market to dominate this fast-growing field. I'm your host, Terry Royce. Let's go. In this episode, I chat with Chris Long. Chris started his first location of Long Yards in Canada and has since expanded to the U.S., Chris's model with Long Yards is a unique blend of yard and lot storage geared to both small and large operators and small businesses. Chris gets into his proprietary model that he is franchising and discusses this lucrative niche. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, keep in mind, if you have a storage deal that doesn't fit your buy criteria, or you need help with a storage deal that's come across your path, I'm always happy to take a look as we are actively looking to buy more storage properties around the U.S. Shoot me an email at selfstorageplaybook at gmail.com to connect. And don't forget to connect with our Facebook group and help continue the conversation at www.selfstorageplaybook.com. Thanks, guys. All right, we're here today with Chris Long, who I guess, I don't know if he's a former Canadian or current Canadian or part-time, but uh, yeah, it's funny. Chris reached out to me a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, man, I'd love to be on the podcast and not to be creepy, but I saw you post in one of the forums about like your uh, niche, we'll call it storage that you do. And I, I read a lot of comments on the forums and I, I save your info because it's like, man, this guy's kind of doing something different and it'd be fun. Um, but yeah, Chris and I have talked a little bit and Chris kind of tell us like what you do and how it's different and how you got into it. And just, I mean, I think it's really interesting. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for the time and having me. So you know, it's funny when I tell people what I do, they're like, what? It, it's so simple yet. Yeah, I got to explain it sometimes a few different ways. So basically, you know, to keep it simple, I do storage for the big stuff, right? Everyone's got inside small storage. You got your, you know, and you could get different size mini storage units. I mean, what we're doing is we're doing long yards. So we, we provide secure yards for small businesses, contractors, homeowners. Um, where I am right now in Florida, there's so many HOAs, you know, you can't eat. I got weeds growing in my garden at the front and I got a letter. I mean, it's crazy. So people just need space on so many different levels. And for some odd reason, the world's not looking at the big space. Uh, like everyone's thinking, you know, with the, um, the pod style, but no one's thinking about the bigger stuff. So to introduce myself, like I was a carpenter. I am a licensed carpenter. I've been in trade most of my life. I, I, I've been running Conrad Construction, which was named after my grandfather. And I always wanted to, you know, more, uh, build a bit of a legacy, um, have a name that I can carry on. And I always wanted something big. Like I wanted, I just felt like I loved construction. I love building. It's who I am, a developer. Um, but I wanted to build something bigger and more scalable. So I transitioned from construction into storage. I just, I always loved real estate. And then, um, so here I am. And I started my first facility in Ottawa, Canada. So yeah, I, I am Canadian from our good old cold capital, Ottawa. And I just made the move out to Florida and we have our second location that's going through site plan approval, our third under contract. And we're just about to sign up our actual first franchise in Saskatchewan because not only is our business model adaptable with partners, but, or just self acquisition, but we're also building a franchise model because it is so unique. So yeah, it's a little bit about me and we're about long years. Yeah. I got to ask you, where in Florida are you uh, hiding from the winter at currently? (laughs) Well, almost anywhere in Florida you can hide from the winter, but uh, I'm just uh, like Brandon, just close to Tampa Bay. Okay. Yeah, and I've had a uh, had a good taste of Florida in the last about eight months. I've been to Key West. I went to saw Grant Cardone. 
um, in Miami and, and, you know, Orlando a lot. So definitely getting a good taste of uh, Florida, but it's beautiful here. Can't compare it. Sorry, all my Canadian friends. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I was doing. I'm like, why did I live in the snow? It's like, why? <laughs> yeah. I'm in Maryland and we still have some snow here. I'm trying to convince my uh, wife to move South, but our, our, uh, both sets of our parents up here. So that's off the table for today. We'll see about yeah. tomorrow. But, <laughs> Good luck. But yeah, so you got into this yard storage. And like you said, there's not a lot. I mean, there is and there isn't, but, and I'll drop your link in the um, comments here with the video, which I think is, will give everybody a taste of what you're doing. But like, what brought you onto that? Were you first looking at self storage and, and just kind of saw that this might be more profitable and even less headaches? Cause you're basically, I mean, I don't want to speak, but you're putting gravel and fences down and some, some, you know, other minor, basically, I don't want to say minimal, but that's what it seems like. It is minimal amenities and, and CapEx and getting even better numbers on ROI. I mean, can you dive into a little bit about maybe the first, maybe you passed on a couple sites or maybe you just stumbled into one? Like, how did this come about? Well, it was actually like most great problems are solved. I needed it myself. I was a contractor and I had tools, equipment, trailers. My garage looked like a junkyard. My wife's like, Chris, you know, every time she's like, clean the garage, clean the garage. I got trailers, got family coming over. And it just looked, you know, not like you want it to look. I mean, so as a growing business, I'm like, man, there's got to be something for for guys like me. I had this property since uh, 2017. My brother and I were sitting on it and we were bumping heads. Like, what do we do? Good old brothers. Like, I want to do one thing. I want to do another. Couldn't agree. So, you know, basically I had to make a decision. What do I do? Do I go into keep going into residential real estate? Or do I be a little crazy, which I am, throw spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. And and that's what I did with Long Yard. So um, basically started with um, a need and then, you know, executed on the vision. And basically I started off with, it was a risk. Man. <laughs> like I had five empty yards. I couldn't even afford to put the gates on. Like when I say all in, like for me as a carpenter, like I was doing fencing on the weekends. I was grading the stone and I literally went and dropped, bought used gates off Kijiji, threw them up and you know, I couldn't even afford to finish renovating the house, but those five yards are rented fast. And and now we have 62 yards and we're just off to the races. So that's how it started. And I, I, to answer your question, like I had the need myself. So I figured if I need it, someone else needs it. And sure enough, that's how it started. Yeah. So what does one of these yards look like? I mean, I, I dropped the link in there and if anybody wants to check out your website, what what is the site they can go to, to kind of see what we're maybe dive a little deeper on and see the actual place? Yeah, well, right now it's uh, just longyards.com, www.longyards.com. You can see rent a yard, and then you can get an idea of our space. And you can follow us on Facebook, um, Facebook, Longyards. So it's a little bit more content there. I need to update my Instagram, but we have a few pictures at least. So if you just go look at Longyard Storage. Um, and yeah, to give you an idea. But it, it's crazy because it is quite literally a long yard in Ottawa. It's 200 feet by 2,000 feet. All right, so you go, it's pretty simple. You got one row in the middle and different size yards on both sides. And the different size yards cater to different clients. So you got some that are small, medium, and some that are large. And some of our clients just require a bigger yard, and some that require a smaller yard. So we have our sweet spot and sizes. Um, but I mean, it's it's almost as simple as it, 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 it's a fenced in compound. I mean, it's simple as not because most people are like, hey, it's fenced in, but there's a lot to it. And, and me as a business owner, like, you know, it's the size of the yard, the size of the gates, how you turn your trailers, you know, a bunch of little jazz that goes with it. And the, surprisingly, fencing is really expensive. <laughs> I mean, the price of everything has gone up, but uh, yeah, you're around 35 bucks a foot, not including your gates. So 
people are like, this is an easy idea, but then they get the, the, fice, the fencing price and like, oh, wow, that, that hurts a little bit. So that's why I started doing the fencing myself when I started up. But uh, for the most part, compared to building a building, yeah, for sure. And the CapEx is great. The numbers are it's treating me good. Yeah, I just got some fence quotes, and uh, I don't know if that's 35 U.S. or Canadian, or if you're putting in eight or six, but I was the recent quotes I got were a lot, and I was like, you know, maybe this place doesn't need a fence, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what a lot of people, too, don't understand about these yards. Like, they are simple, but there is still a lot of CapEx that goes into them once you factor in, you know, the, all the fence. I mean, you've got not just the compound in fence, but the individual yards fenced in, too. Um, and with that being said, kind of diving in that, I'd imagine, you know, this place you opened in, correct me if I'm wrong, 2019, your first one, right? Well, we bought the property in 2017, my brother and I, and then by the time I bought them out and developed it to the first five yards, I officially cut the ribbon October 1st, 2019. That's when, you know, I call long yards grand opening. Uh, however, I did own the property for a couple of years prior to that. Okay. And then, so with, you've been open a little over three and a half years or so. What I'd imagine with these yards, maybe they sit, I and mean, maybe I'm wrong, it might be a little, well, I guess you said you rented them out pretty quick, but the, I'd imagine the turnover would be low because if these guys are bringing in materials and supplies, the energy to move all that is, you know, they're not going to be real quick to get out of there. Is that true or am I? Absolutely. So the turnover is, I mean, you get the odd person that, you know, wants, and you get the red flags pretty quickly. They want to spot quickly and need to do some work on cars and stuff. And you're like, we try to stay away from anything environmental. That's a big thing. Um, but uh, yeah, for the most, we have home builders, right? They want to store their lumber because they're not sure if they can get lumber and they have a contract to build 15 houses. So they'll store up and make sure they have their lumber stored away. And they know at least they're guaranteed. We have um, propane dealers that deal to the local communities. We have uh, arborists, we have car dealerships. We have, it's like almost anyone you can imagine. And there's such a wide list of needs for the space, for me as a small contractor, as a small business, to these large firms that need space, Amazon, uh, there's just so many different uh, areas you can tap into. And it's not just the yards. Like we hybrid it with pods and offices. And then you bring in uh, power and cameras and you have now a small business community. So you have a community, you know, in your community that's supporting everybody. So it's a little more magic to it. Yeah, dive into that, man. So you're actually making a yard with a, even an office and some uh hybrid or whether you want to call it mini storage container pod type storage or are you actually a subcontractor for pods as well no well actually we're with our first franchise um signing and we have um, a relationship and we're going to be exclusive to um sell their pods and offices so it's it's a great relationship for both of us and they're going to start a franchise in the west of canada and just expand it out so, um, I mean, we don't have our own name for our pods, but uh, we're going to be bringing those in really shortly. But for now, we're just doing, like, for our first location, we just bought a bunch of shipping containers. And because, you know, they're, they're movable and they're, they're giant steel tanks, so they're, they're still great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's essentially, uh, to go back to the community, though, that's, that's kind of the, a great sauce of it. Because the small business success is long-yard success. Like, that's, at the end of the day you know, our, our client is our business. So we want to see them thrive and buy. There's a, there's kind of a big gap in the marketplace. A lot of people don't recognize is that when you're a small guy and you're starting up, it's hard for you to take on a three or five year lease commitment where you don't know where your cash flow is going to be, especially with COVID. With us, we're adaptable. We're affordable for the small guy. We provide, you know, affordable spots for them, for their fleet parking, 
for their inside storage, outside storage. They have a camera in their yard. So if they have an employee going, they can literally watch them. And you can even set up with our cameras a certain area of your yard that if anyone goes near it, you get an alert on your phone that gives you a special you know, message. And it's like, without even looking at your phone, you know who's where, when. So there's a whole technology side to this too that is really um, taking it to another level. But um, I mean, the opportunities are endless. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, there's kind of a lot to uh, unpack there just as you kind of talk about it. So you're, you're talking about how, you know, it's like you said, the, a lot of these small guys and startups can't and, and don't, don't, especially with COVID, have the means to commit to these longer leases. Are you doing still month to month leases with these guys or are you doing a minimum commitment up front? Well, it's actually what we're doing too. It's a little different. We're offering if people pay by the year, we give them a bit of a discount. So everyone asks for a bit of a deal. It's like, okay, fine, you know, pay for a year up front. And some people love that. And don't have to worry about price increases or anything. But most of our leases are month to month. We want to be supportive. I mean, we do ask for a good amount of notice. And especially what I'm learning in the States is the SBA lending. They want to see month to month and they want to see us support small businesses. So that's how we're doing it. But the whole idea is to support the small business, help them with their cash flow, help them with support, help promote them. Uh, any tools and resources we can give to help the small business in that community, we just want to be there for them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, so is that how you're progressing or, or taking down these deals is with SBA financing, or are you looking at a mixture of different financing options? Because I would imagine the first one you bought was just, was it a blank slate? Was it kind of maybe some existing storage? Because I guess that would be what a lot of folks listening to this, even myself wonder, are you looking for something where there might already be some storage and you split it up even further or are you just looking for a blank slate kind of describe what the ideal you know if somebody's listening to this even and has a property that like hey chris might be interested in this yeah. what are you looking for or I that's a good question so i mean you know i want to put it out there i am looking for we're still looking for people that if they have land and it, even if the zoning we can work through the zoning and you think it's a match reach out to us at long yards uh, storage or like i said on facebook just find me on facebook chris long uh, so we are we're just looking to expand um, because our business is unique, I mean, there's a lot of internal internal data that we want to refer to. We need to make sure there's good growth in the area, pretty close to a highway. Unemployment is, you know, relatively low. So there's there's just our internal, as we call it, a feasibility study that we, we're making sure that matches with our, our business model. So and that's unique to how we find our deals. Obviously, the land is big. You want to be at a minimum size. And you don't, you know, you want to be probably, I'd say you don't want to be less than three acres, honestly, because your expenses are fixed. So you want to, you want to keep your costs to, to make it economical, but you know, I don't want to go sometime around 10 acres is a good size. That's my first location in Ottawa is 10 acres. And that's the beauty about what I'm doing is like, it's almost like there's a, just a, everyone's looking at multifamily and there's everyone's fighting over one property and it's just like a bunch of piranhas in a tank, but man, it's like. With with long yards, uh, opportunity is everywhere. I don't even have time to look for deals. I'm so busy just in them and making sure I'm putting the right people together and putting the fu- the property together. But really, once you you look at how I'm doing it, what I'm doing, your eyes just open up to the, the tremendous amount of opportunity. That's one of the reasons why we're franchising this because we want to be able to uh, do faster acquisitions. Yeah, I mean that's like you said. You're you know most of these guys, even the storage guys, the multifamily guys, mobile home. They're all in this like red ocean where it's like a bloodbath of everybody fighting for deals and, you know, cap rate compression. We're hearing it nonstop, but you're right. You don't see a lot of these places, uh, around and it isn't, it is a niche. So 
I'd almost feel like there's so many of these sites that could work. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you go into about, you know, like you said, you kind of are looking for a minimum of three up to 10 acres. How do you evaluate that? Because like when I see these land listings, the pricing's all over the place. And, you know, it I, you're obviously in it and understand it. What how, what do you look for as the fundamentals? As you know, a lot of storage guys are looking for, you know, sub thirty, sub forty square feet value add. Like you're doing a complete value add, really, because you're going yep. in and you're basically developing the site. So kind of dive into a little bit about that. You know, you said your internal site or um, internal feasibility study. Kind of walk us through that whole process. Yeah. So I mean, this is the beauty of my first location as an example. It was a rundown house, and it just looked like everyone was driving by it. Like no one in a million years would be like, that's going to be a long yards or first of all, what was a long yards? I mean, (laughs) so it's like a blank canvas. I could take facilities with warehouses and I could fit them up and a warehouse with land that allows for outdoor storage and we're good to go. So this is it. It could just be strict land off a highway and it could be land with a different zoning. And then, uh, you know, we could take it from agricultural to commercial or industrial. This is what I mean. It's, it's so it's, it's playful on how many different ways I can, we can sculpt a deal and make it work. Uh, so to get into it, it's like, it, it's like what is not possible almost. As long as the land is a good enough size, the numbers work, uh, because there is a, you know, a formula that we have to follow. It's like, well, what price are we paying per acre versus uh, what income we can have at what cap rate we think we're going to get versus the future valuation. So we do run through each facility with our, with our internal numbers and our internal feasibility study and to spit out, okay, well, this is going to work right away. And then if it does, boom, we put it under contract. Just don't even waste time. So, I mean, there's, it's kind of like there's no simple answer to that. It's on a, a case-by-case basis. But what is easy to understand is that there's so much opportunity everywhere. Like Texas is just phenomenal. Florida's great. It's a hot market. But what I'm doing is and no one's doing it. So, I mean, there's opportunity everywhere. It's just wild. I'm just looking for people to see this opportunity. And now that I'm getting out there more with it because I've built out the systems behind me, so now I'm ready to launch and, um, but yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah. So are you, when you're doing the internal feasibility studies, are you looking for certain populations within a range and business, you know, obviously this is catering to small business. So what would be a red flag for you in a market? Like, is it population? Is it size? Is it population is probably one of the biggest. So I'm on a lot of self-storage groups and I'm seeing a lot of mom and pop um, self-storage place go up for sale and right away I'll see it. And it's just, there's just not enough around it uh, because we need to, you know, have the right amount of density and just the right population and job growth and new builds, new construction. Like, there's a, there's a good list and we're, we're working on being very data driven to, to have, to have that supported. But uh, to, to wave one of the biggest red flags, like your, your typical mom and pop mini storage with land, it just doesn't work for us because they're just so on the outsides and they have a different demand where we want to be closer to the bigger cities. I will say that. We want to be bigger, uh, closer to the bigger locations, a little bit on the outside where the land is still, it's not too far of a drive, but it's affordable uh, because there is a highest and best use of land in a lot of cases. And it just, when you get too close to the city, it doesn't make sense. We would just want to be on the outside, on the perimeters and, you know, a close drive to the heart of where you're going, or at least be able to get to your main routes relatively quickly. I have people driving 45 minutes to get to my location in Ottawa. Like what I'm offering does not exist. So people will drive and they, I have, I'm filling that need. I'm filling that void in the marketplace. So as crazy as it is thinking I need to be perfect with a lot of things that I do and to perfect it and to dial it in, but uh, because there's such a need and a demand that people will drive to where, 
they'll come to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, listeners, whether you're looking to get on the fast track to buying your first self-storage facility, expanding your storage empire, or connecting with top-level storage investors and operators, then join me and loads of other self-storage investors on a monthly interactive training by visiting www.storagerebeltrial.com. Here, you'll find an interactive group that hosts live monthly trainings in addition to an active daily forum that connects storage investors from around the globe and is hosted by our good friends of the Storage Rebellion. Mike Wagner and his team have generously offered our listeners a risk-free one-month trial, and you can check it out by visiting storagerebeltrial.com. Here, you'll have access to all the previous recordings and forums to check out all the solid content that has already been discussed, well as the new content coming up. I'm on these calls every month, and there are lots of other new and experienced storage investors as well. So come join us risk-free at storagerebeltrial.com. See you there. You're saying population is a big driver. What's your kind of your minimum, your minimum size? Like if you you can give us either a specific sample of a town or a city or a number. I would want to be less than forty to sixty thousand, and that would probably go to like a five to eight acre facility. Just a quick idea of numbers. Um, Just a yeah. Okay, so anything under that forty to sixty range is kind of on the bubble. Sixty plus is kind of in your sweet spot. And is there like a max size? You're saying like, this is too big or, you know, it's tough. I mean, I don't know, because in Houston, I was looking at a facility and it was like 28 acres and I'm pretty sure I could fill that demand. And that's like a retirement deal right there. Like that would pump six figures a month. <laughs> I'm good. But I mean, because like, there's just, we're still tweaking the internal feasibility study. Like we don't have it dialed into exactly per yeah per acreage per you know um yard and uh, but we do have like some some good rule of thumb numbers but right now uh we could fill some pretty large sites i'll tell you that like the, the demand is ridiculous and we just put out some marketing campaigns and the feedback is like hey i want one of these <laughs> so it's not hard yeah that's great so you're talking about a 28 acre site so i mean that's just i'm trying to visualize that or like almost just picturing like a farm but what is that what goes into that like what you know, if you don't, I don't, obviously don't share the details of it, something you're pursuing, um, like the specific details, but what are the numbers on that as far as what, like price per acre, how many lots that would be, you know, CapEx, all that stuff. Because that, again, you've, you're talking about a lot of fencing, like for a 28 acre site, that would be miles of fencing. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, I mean, you know, these mini storage units, uh, they, it's a different formula. You're more compressed. Ours is obviously like the bigger storage. So yeah, we're we're probably around five to ten yards per acre, depending on the layout. And for a facility of that, like that can bring in, excuse me, um, easily a hundred thirty thousand dollars a month. Okay, pretty sure so, that would not be. Yeah. So, what is an average like lot like rent for? And I know that's going to depend by, on market, but in a lower tier market, you know, is is a five or ten. Uh, or is uh you said the typical lots are 100 by 100 and 200 by 200 i believe no our lots are not a typical lot it's actually there's a variety of different lot sizes we have our sweet spot size and you know we we have a few smaller a few bigger yards and we're, we're actually learning that because when we first built out our facility we changed the gates three times we changed the size of the yards different sizes based on the markets so 
like I've gone through those, those scratches and bruises to really find my sweet spot with my clientele. Um, so, you know, there is a little bit of uh, internal sauce I'd like to keep, but I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, there is a, an average size yard that is, is catered to most of our clients and you know, the bigger yards cater to the bigger clients. So this is why the, your, your internal feasibility study is so important because in some areas you're going after bigger fish and in some areas, you, you know, you're catering more towards the smaller yards, towards the smaller businesses. Okay. So even when you did the first one, you, you had to move around the lots and kind of figure out, you know, you see with, with standard uh, self-storage guys are always talking about unit mix and moving the, uh, moving the walls around. We've done a little bit of that. So you're, you're moving the fences around, just kind of moving the posts, rolling it up. Well, we're getting there. I mean, right now we have fixed commercial uh, fencing at uh, first location. Um, but yeah, we want to, we want to build this so that, you know, it's easy for the the clients and it's also great tax advantages too, when you can move things around. So, and it's land banking, it's massive land banking. You're in there for, you know, relatively, relatively low acquisition costs and compared to a lot, you just bank on the land and then five, 10 years, you have an exit and on to the next one. Yeah, that's really, that's really fascinating. And kind of circling back to something I had talked, we'd kind of got past it, but the, like, you know, as far as the financing piece, I feel like that would be something that a lot of people would get stumped on because this is really a development play is what it really is and up front because you're taking it you're there's not a whole lot of existing income uh and then completely changing the use almost it seems like so how does that work with the banks what are they looking for and what are their red flags and what are their green lights well some of the red flags are just right away it's like okay things are gonna get contaminated right like what are you doing with the soil and but with our business plan and our model, like we have boots on the ground, walking around, make sure, and the leases are pretty buttoned up tight. Plus we have cameras everywhere. So if anything's a red flag, we know right away. But that's one of the first questions the lender's going to ask you. It's okay, what are you doing to the soil? And of course, you know, it's a legitimate concern. Um, but, you know, you could think of us as like outside storage. I mean, think of a boat and an RV outside storage with a yard around it. And that's how we sell it to the lender. There are twists on it that we say it's like, okay, we're here and we're selling to the small business community. We're helping, you know, job growth. And you go in there and you, now you're coming from a different angle. So they want to work with you and hopefully you can get some tax advantages or whatnot. But the site plan approval is a process if you're going to a rezone change. But because Long Yards is unique, um, we have a unique way to present that to the city to get the zoning. Uh, but yeah, to going to your lenders. You know, you talk to your zoning one way and you talk to your lenders a different. It's like, let's you obviously you want to make the deal work. Uh, but if your cash flow supports it and it's stable, then, yeah, I will say it was a little more difficult to get established because it is a bit foreign. And all these lenders just pulling out their hair and like, what are you doing? Especially in Canada. I swear, I swear to God, in the States, it's just a different animal. Things are geared. They're like, lenders will jump at you. In Canada, they're all like they're all skittish. They're like running away. It's like, hey man, you guys want my money or not? It's like Canada. They want in the states. They want your money in Canada. They're scared of money. I don't understand. It's, that's why the mentality. I just love the states. But uh, uh, so, but yeah, it's it, it. You know, presenting it to the lenders has been a challenge. But we just remortgaged. We got our money back. We're we're got great cash flow. Great debt to service coverage. It's untouchable compared to multifamily and self storage. So the numbers support it. It's it's very very lendable. Yeah, that's interesting. Are they, you know, you mentioned you just refinanced. Are they looking for more skin in the game up front? And then as they see this proof of concept, you know, they're like, get much more aggressive on the lend, I would imagine. Or is that just a misconception? Well, no, we got an A lender, Desjardins. So, I mean, and 
No, they, they, they want, they definitely, they want to see more seasoning, you know? So I, I was a little aggressive at the beginning, but I still got the A-Lender. I didn't get the loan to value I wanted. Uh, but I, when the, I, I chose a term that allows me when the time comes to, to renegotiate that. Uh, but they have a bigger vision. They want to work with us all through Canada. So um, it, again, it was how it was presented with the business plans and, and our turnover is so low. You see the consistent income. We have very steady, strong growth. We have long-term great clients strong leases everything checks out like everyone coming by is like i want one of these <laughs> so uh, i mean yeah but to the lending world uh like it, it's definitely strong but the seasoning is one part that you know they want it's hard to get around but the longer that you're established then the better it is so for long years because we have had the you know first location for x amount of time we have more going under we're seeing now as more of a more lendable yeah, that's awesome. And one, and, and kind of t- taking back a couple of steps, I'm uh, also curious, like the technology piece, like you said, you have cameras at all the sites and you have cameras, you have uh, individual cameras at the the yards and then obviously cameras around the site. How does that work? Do you all set all that up and sub like give the, the uh, renter the access to that or the contractor access to that? Or is that something that's just there and then they kind of set up under their name? Like, do you have access to the cameras at each one so you can even see what's going on internally at each yard exactly so how it works is i sold an atv not too long ago from one of my yards when i moved i had a few things left by left over i watched the guy pull up to the front gate and with long yards i could text my gate to open it so i text my gate he doesn't have to have the keypad he doesn't need to know the coat he goes right up to my unit right and then he sees the atv i watch him on the camera the whole time he's asking me questions and i you know make sure he's not snooping around the yard he transfer mailed them the ownership drove out the gate and it's a done deal so that's what's unique is and and the tenants when they sign up it's autom- automated they get a code oh here's your here's your 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 gate here's how to access your cameras and i just send the link and they can access a certain amount of cameras so they can see who's coming in the yard and whatnot and they can see the main areas but if they want a camera in their yard it's extra so but that's 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 the beautiful thing about us we want to be flexible and accommodating because not all small businesses or people just care they, you know for some times they're just like i trust you that's the thing that's crazy. A lot of my clients, they just leave their gates open. Like, hey, guys, like I put gates on your front. Like, you know, keep them closed, please. They're blowing in the wind. But people trust it so much. They're like, you know what? You got a front gate. We see people walking around. We know there's cameras. It's lit up at night. It's a beautiful facility. It's got the screening around it. There's so much trust that's placed with us that half of them don't even lock up their stuff. So half of them, a, a percentage of them don't even care much for the cameras. But there's other guys that are more active. They want to see who's coming because, you know, they can see who, what their employees going to the yard at what time. And again, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do at the facility or fleet parking, whatever the case is. Having eyes on the facility are great. And that's what's going to be so powerful for us when we scale just for quality control. We just have eyes everywhere. And our clients get those eyes and we're not holding back. We want them to have a good experience and be able to see what's going on. So they get that access. And again, another piece of the technology, just to elaborate on, and I know it's simple, but especially with COVID, is texting the gate. People love it. I don't know why. They show up to the yard and they just front right from their phone. Boom, gate opens. It's such a smooth process. I just love it. It's great. That's awesome. And um, kind of, we touched on it briefly, but the uh, the site cost. What you know, obviously, you've got gravel, uh, your fencing costs, which we know, along with all metal, is up through the roof. What is like your average cost per acre, or you know, whatever, to develop these sites? Again, I'm guessing that's why you guys obviously want the bigger sites too, because as we know, all that gate work and stuff is is fixed. 
Uh, whether you know, obviously, if you have a couple gates, it'll go up. But what does that roughly come out to range to develop these sites out per acre? Well, it, it, a lot of things vary, right? You could be you could be close to a quarry and not, and just tr- shipping your stone is like a huge. It, it can increase your construction costs substantially. Is it on a forest? What what's your drainage like? What's site plan approval like? So it's hard to you know but a, a good rule of thumb like you're probably you're over 100 grand per acre as a, as a simple rule of thumb but there's many factors that go into that so 100 grand an acre and that's one thing you meant you kind of glossed over about the site work so when you're doing these three to ten acre sites or you know the one site you mentioned was 28 acres i'm guessing that you're having to do some civil work that a lot of people just gloss over i mean that as we all know is tens of thousands of dollars if not more what is just the prep work you know, involved to get these sites to even the approval stage with the county? Well, it, right now with the two scenarios I'm dealing with, the one in Win- in um, Central Florida, it's it's funny because it's zoned outdoor storage, but they want us to do a water retention. And it's just like, okay, all right. So that's a little different. But the one in, in North Carolina, it already has outdoor storage. And they're like, yep, you're good to go. Life is simple. Uh, so it's just like, you know, a little bit of the county wants you to dance a little different for each location. And of course, what's because the one in Florida has warehouses. Now we got to make sure that, uh, you know, the fire chief doesn't want us to put in, you know, complicated sprinkler systems. And then it throws off our whole our whole site plan approval process for the inside warehouse work. So there, there's a bit of a song and dance for each location, um, but that's just going through the pains. But the beautiful part about Long Yards is we're actually it, 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 we like to just be innovative. So. We're actually working on how to build out our facilities in around eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks. By the time you take possession, by the time your gate is running, your website's up and running, and you can start renting yards out. So the, the site plan approval uh, takes a little longer for each location, especially if there's structures involved and whatnot. One in North Carolina, because it's, it's simpler, it's a plot of land, we can really go in there and hit it hard and just have these things up and running fast. So we're, we're, we're relatively low cost to acquire, low cost to operate. We're quick to develop and a beautiful ROI. So, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> great. Yeah. And has that on that same note, have any sites because of whether it be the town, the county, have you just said, you know what, this isn't worth dealing with based on what they've wanted? Or is it just something that you factor into your process? No, I mean, so far the feedback has been great from all the counties. Any any time where the properties actually can be suitable for what we're doing, uh, the feedback is great. Like, you know, sometimes you get, weave around a little bit, uh, but no, there hasn't really been too much. Uh, again, assuming there's not like wetlands or contamination or you're in a flood zone, kind of your your high level due diligence items. But there hasn't really been too much uh, kickback because, again, we're supporting the small business. Like that's that's our narrative. That's what we do. So they want to see that help help them thrive and they get more taxes most of the time anyway. So, you know, we're working with them. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, do you have any plans to add regular uh, standard storage to any of your sites? Or are you just like, hey, this works. We don't want to add it like at the 28-acre site or it's like a big site? Or do you just say, this is way better. Like, I'm going to stay in my lane. You know, are you looking at kind of varying it out? Well, we have actually um, patents being submitted on how we're, you know, doing our acquisitions and our build-outs because it's very process-driven. Uh, so, you know how we do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of keep a little bit, of, but we, we are with innovation. We're growing to a way that makes it quicker to acquire, uh, quicker to develop, higher ROI, and more adaptable. 
I will say that that's the direction we want to go in and how we do that. We're, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll keep a little bit on the DL, but it's, it's yeah. nothing but good news. <laughs> well, no, that's great. If you, I, I'd be curious too, uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing, like you, you mentioned the, you're trying to patent the process. What is the patent process like? I mean, I don't have any patents. Uh, sometimes I have great ideas that I think would be patent worthy, <laughs> but I gotta, thought, I gotta ask what, what's that process like? I mean, I know, you know, it's a lengthy process and expensive, all <laughs> lengthy and pricey. It, Kind of like a you know nice looking blonde at the bar than the the other one at the other corner. You're like, do you want the patent? It takes a little bit longer, a little more work. And he, <laughs> then there's option B over here. So I'm going after the nice blonde, and you know that everyone's going after. But it's definitely more work. It's it's harder, um, but it protects us a lot more because one of the things we we do recognize is a bit of a barrier to entry. It's like okay, well this guy's doing, it, everyone can do it. But obviously, A, I know my market the most because I'm a contractor and I, you know, I understand what contractors look for. I understand our internal feasibility studies and the way we're trying. And as a developer and a contractor myself, I can uh, have a strong experience with construction and development. So that's where my innovation comes in to really uh, build up the, the site with a, a system and a process that's as protected as possible, as quick as possible as well. So, uh, yeah, a good summary is uh, expensive and lengthy. Okay. When, when, if you don't mind sharing, when did you start and when do you think you'll, uh, you know, how, how long would a normal patent take for something like this? I think I still have, at least on the first one, uh, another six months to go. Okay. Interesting, man. That's, that's super fascinating to me. Yeah, um, it's me too. It's a whole learning curve, but I'm loving it because we want to, we want to have an edge on the technology. We want to have an edge on, on how we're protected and we want to make sure we're building these out where not everyone can do it the way we're doing it. And so once we we corner the market and we, we build out our processes, then literally we're just ready to run, right? We're building the right team behind us. We have a CFO on board. We have a partner in Canada that's taken it on. We have some, you know, I think strong players behind us. So we're, we're built for growth and it's a very scalable business. So we want to be scalable and with the right partners, everyone can make money with this business, with the right people around you. So. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. For people listening to this that just have regular storage that are maybe looking to add you know, I actually have a five acre site in Georgia that I've had people reach out to me about renting 100 by 100 areas or 200 by 200. It's not built out for that. Um, what would you, any tips or suggestions for somebody that's got like a smaller site that they're looking to add a la carte yard storage to? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're kind of the mom, no, I'm not saying the mom and pop, but if you have the smaller site and you're looking at, at doing it, I mean, I just, you know, pre-lease it, you know, and just tell them what you want to do, show them some pictures and get them to sign a lease with a commitment and then build it out. That's how I did my first facility. Now I'm confident I'll cut the ribbon, just fill it up. But the first location I was, I was, um, I built as I went. Right. And I signed every lease. It was super safe and it was conservative. And that would be my advice for someone starting up and they want to, they have extra space. If someone's serious, you know, let them sign the paperwork, let them give you last month's and first month deposit. And then, you know, they're serious and it covers typically the cost to develop it. And the return on these yards are like 12 to 15 months. So, I mean, you're not out of pocket much and you're developing your land at the end of the day. So you're not going to lose in most cases. So, Yeah, that was one of the things I started to pursue. Again, it was just kind of a, a random uh, inquiry that came out. But I, but that was kind of what I was saying. It's like, hey, if this is what you're interested in, um, this is what would be entailed. But it kind of got the thought sticking with me that, hey, maybe this is something I should put signage out or advertise and say, hey, you know, yard slash lay down space available and try to find maybe that, that niche. Yeah. We'll call them, uh, we'll call them short yards. So, you know, it'll be diff different, different. <laughs> and you know what there is, this is not a, a foreign concept. 
like what I'm doing is not, uh, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm just, I'm, I'm tweaking the wheel. There's a lot of agents and you can see, you know, put, put land space, space for rent. There's agents advertising all the time. You'll see a lot of, um, you know, just driving by the highway, you see land for lease five acres. Like it's, it's not a foreign concept and you see it on the marketplace, but it's how we're doing it. That, that fits the gap. We are, we're the gap in the middle between most of the agents doing it on a bigger scale versus, you know, how we're catering to the small guy. Yeah, no, for sure. And on that note, what's your kind of like your short and long-term plan? You know, obviously I know you're pursuing the patent and kind of the franchise model. Where, you know, where do you see this going in one to three years? And where do you see this going in three to 10 years? I love, I love that question. So just to be clear, like the, the franchise is built out. We've been working on that almost the last 12 months. And our FA and our FTD is complete and our corporate structure is set up. So we're, we're ready to launch. You know, people are interested. They have a parcel of land and they want us to help them walk them through that. We can do that. We, could, we can work with partners. Um, as long as the land is there and the right people are together, you know, let's make a deal. Um, but, I, you know, right now we have projections where I kind of like don't want to say it because um, like it's pretty aggressive, you know, but. You know, we want conservatively, we want to be over 25 locations in five years. You know, we're, we're aiming for a higher number than that. And we're starting, we're just starting. Like, by t- I cut the ribbon two years ago and we're on, you know, about to shake hands on our fourth location. And literally, I just got to the States six months ago. And so things are just starting to heat up. I've, I've been on a learning curve, uh, just learning the whole side of the States and real estate. So, but the market here is massive. The opportunity is massive, and I hope people see it. But uh, yeah, in the short term, you know, get get enough locations going, you know, build out our systems, get really organized, which we've been doing, and we're continually doing, always perfecting. And then this just has. I want when people think of a long uh, a yard, I want them to think of a long yard. Yeah, that's awesome. You kind of touched on it briefly there, but building out systems, and even for like this, something I've hit on in a, a few uh, episodes previously that a lot of people. Uh, coming into this, even the standard, you know, non-climate mini storage business. That's how all these people end up mom and pops that are value add is they don't have good systems or processes and procedures. And that's where a lot of the value is, is driven and built is by making it repeatable, making it scalable, making it efficient. And, you know, obviously I can tell that's where you guys are headed, working on this, expanding and, and going into you know, in and ex- going further into a, a big growth phase. And that's because of processes and systems. So. Yeah, exactly. Like me as running, I ran a construction company for about 10 years. I'm a licensed carpenter and I just, you know, we had 10 employees at one point point. we had multiple jobs going on. And man, if you don't have these systems behind you, I learned the importance because I didn't have them. Right. And then I went backwards and I learned a lot of painful lessons early, which I'm grateful for. Um, but now moving forward, it's it's a foundation. It's a must. You know, you don't want to be having the same problems twice. You want checklists. You want ant charts. You want schedules. You want to know who does what when, and you want that built out. You want to be acquiring. You want to be spending eighty percent of your time, you know, finding uh, deals and, and the right people together, and then have a team behind you to put it all in a pretty bow. But yeah, it's so important. It's definitely it's the difference between being able to scale and not. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, Chris. Kind of as we wrap up here, man. I'm curious. You know, uh, what's a kind of a, a double-sided question? What's what do you wish you knew earlier or before you started in the business or with Long Yards, and then along uh, kind of tying up, what's your biggest failure or lesson learned in this business that you've kind of learned a lot from that you could share, you know, with folks? Oh, these are two good questions. I, so I biggest, don't mean to stump you. I, no, it's okay. 
in this business, the biggest failure, like I haven't, I think, had a big failure. I mean, I've had some people that promise you the world, they sign a big lease and then they disappear. And then you're like, okay, do I go through this massive battle and fight them? And sometimes that's happened with what you think are big reputable companies. And at the end of the day, I can lose my top five biggest paying clients and I'm still cash flow positive. But just to put it in perspective, that's so and and to me, that's my biggest problem. If someone backs up into my into a fence post, I have it on camera in their lease, they pay for it. So I, it's almost hard for things to go wrong, <laughs> um, which is beautiful. I mean, as long as you're in the right place and you have the right model, for the most, it, it should be smooth. So that's the, I mean, I've had failure, you know, I say failures with the construction company. I wouldn't say failures though, because, you know, I fall, but I fall forward. I learn and I get up and I move forward. And I, my, my biggest, I think, compliment is, or what helps me the most, just having a positive attitude and, and, having a, a wealth mindset. There's so much opportunity in the world with the right people around you. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if that answered your question with the, the negative. Um, and sorry, the first one was like, how do you word it like, properly? Uh, sorry. The- yeah. I was just saying, what's like one, you know, one or even a couple of things you wish you knew either early or before you started out, you know, kind of looking back. Oh man. It's just, it's been such a learning curve. Man, I'd just be in the States earlier. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I would have moved and packed my stuff quicker if I. <laughs> Honest to God, it's just a different animal here. You know, I love Canada. I love my true north, but the people you surround yourself with here at at networking events, it's just and the way financing works and everything else, it's just geared for for growth. You know, it's built to grow. Like it, people think big and people back it up. And and so I think I would have because my I feel like I just belong here. My mindset is in that space. And in Canada, it was tough. I mean, I just outgrew so many friends around me that, with my business. And that I, I felt like I was a goldfish in a fish tank. I just needed a bigger place to play. So, I, uh, you know, but that's all good. I'm, I, I still have tons of potential and opportunity in front of me. At the end of the day, I'm just blessed to be learning and, and growing this and meeting new people such as yourself and jumping on podcasts. So I'm loving it. And it's all good news. So can't complain. Well, that's awesome, man. I love, uh, I love the model. Uh, I love what you shared here and hopefully some folks have some takeaways. If people want to reach out to you or if they are interested in either the franchise model or even have a site that maybe they're looking to sell, what's the best way to reach out to you? I know you shared it earlier, but just if you wouldn't mind sharing it again. Yeah. So you can go to our website, longyards.com and reach us at info at longyards or just reach out to me personally on my email, clong, C-L-O-N-G at longyards. Dot com. That's a beautiful thing about us. Easy to remember. Long yards. <laughs> so see long at longyards.com. Awesome. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing stuff about that. I think it's an awesome niche and I'm excited to see where this goes, man. I'd love to circle back uh, down the road and, and kind of see the progress, man. It's really cool to watch and I find it super fascinating. Love it. Appreciate the time. Let's keep in touch and watch us go. All right. Thanks, man. Keep in mind, if you have a storage deal that doesn't fit your buy criteria, or you need help with a storage deal that's come across your path, I'm always happy to take a look as we are actively looking to buy more storage properties around the U.S. Shoot me an email at selfstorageplaybook at gmail.com to connect. And don't forget to connect with our Facebook group and help continue the conversation at www.selfstorageplaybook.com. Thanks, guys. Hey everyone, I wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Self Storage Playbook Podcast. 
We'd love to know your biggest takeaways from the show today and would love to hear from you at selfstorageplaybook at gmail.com. You can also find out more info on today's guest, the nuts and bolts of self-storage, and connect with other self-storage investors in our growing community at selfstorageplaybook.com and through searching our group on Facebook at Self Storage Playbook. And don't forget to go to www.storagerebeltrial.com for your risk-free one-month trial to the Storage Rebellion University monthly calls. I'll see you there.